From the Pork Checkoff in Des Moines, Iowa, it's Pork Pod. Pork Pod, a look at the hot topics in today's pork industry. The Pork Checkoff is working for you through various forms of research, promotion, and consumer information projects. This is Don Wick speaking on behalf of the Pork Checkoff, and today we focus in on the recent USDA quarterly hogs and pigs report. Our moderator, Cindy Cunningham, Assistant Vice President of the National Pork Board. Let me begin by providing some important disclosures that apply to our call. First, pork checkoff funds are being used to host this call, the purpose of which is to facilitate pork producers' review of publicly available statistical and other information regarding the pork industry that has been collected and published by the USDA. Second, the National Pork Board believes that the pork industry and ultimately consumers will benefit from a better understanding of the economics of the business of pork production and sales And it is in this spirit that we organize these calls. And third, as a reminder, the views expressed by our invited economists are theirs and not those of the National Pork Board, which does not advocate or endorse any particular production and or marketing direction. So let's get started with today's call. With us, we have three distinguished ag economists, Kevin Greer, president of Kevin Greer Consulting of Guelph, Canada, John Nalivka, President of Sterling Marketing, Avail, Oregon, and Kevin Bost, President of Procurement Strategies in Elgin, Illinois. Before we hear from our panelists, I'd like to invite Steve Meyer with Kearns & Associates to recap the numbers for today's report. Steve? Thank you, Cindy, and good afternoon, everyone. Um, the report uh, came out pretty close to pre-report expectations. What I'll do with this is give you the actual number from the report, the percentage change versus a year ago, uh, the comparison and the comparison to uh, uh, analysts' uh, pre-report estimates of percentage change. So, all hogs and pigs, 74.296 million, up 2.1 percent from last year. Analysts had pegged that number to be up 2 percent, so quite close on on the uh, all hogs and pigs number. Kept for breeding, 6.349 million, 2.2 percent larger than last year. Analysts had uh, expected that number to be up 1.9 percent. Uh, the market herd at 67.948 million head, uh, up 2.1% from last year. Uh, that's exactly the same number that, uh, that analysts had, had believed this number would be uh, compared to a year ago. The under 50 category at 21.456 million head, up 2.5%, slightly larger than the plus 2% uh, on analyst estimates. 50 to 119 pounds, 18.639 uh, million head. 2.3% larger than a year ago, again, slightly larger than the analyst pre-report estimate of plus 1.9. The 120 to 179 category, 15.268 million head, 1.8% larger than a year ago, slightly smaller than the 2.1% average of analyst pre-report estimates. And finally, the 180 and over at 12.585 million head, that's 1.6% up uh, from a year ago, analysts had expected that number to be up 2.4%. And uh, as a side note, uh, slaughter, uh, federally inspected slaughter, since March 1 has been up 3.7%. So uh, a pretty large discrepancy there. Farrowings, 3.084 million liters were farrowed in the December-February quarter. That's 1.6% larger than last year. Analysts had expected that number to be up 2.3%. Uh, March-May intentions, 3.119 million liters, up six-tenths of one percent from a year ago. That's very close to analysts' pre-report estimates. And June-August, 
uh, farrowing intentions at 3.191 million litters. Uh, that's down three-tenths of 1% from a year ago. Analysts had expected that number to be up 2.3%. So uh, that's the largest discrepancy versus analysts' uh, pre-report uh, estimates uh, that's in the report. The DSFEB pig crop at 32.999 million head. I believe that's very close to 33 million. Uh, up 2.8%. That's precisely the year-over-year the -year change that analysts had expected. And finally, uh, litter size, pig safe per litter, DSFEB quarter, 10.7, uh, up 1.1% from a year ago. Analysts had, had estimated that number to be up only four-tenths of 1%. Those are the numbers, Cindy. Thanks, Steve. We appreciate that. We'll turn now to our three panelists. We'll start with Kevin Greer. Kevin, again, is the president of Kevin Greer Consulting. Kevin? Yes, thanks, Cindy. Um, I guess the main thing that I look for in a hogs and pigs report is uh, somebody from another country is just, again, what's coming at us in terms of uh, slaughter and production from the United States. And uh, based on based on the numbers Steve uh, outlined for us, there, as he said, there's not a lot of change uh, from what was expected. And based on the pig crops, which is, again, the basic tool that I use, I'm looking for about a 2% plus 2, 2.5% increase in slaughter in the second quarter and the third quarter. Um, then based on, the, um, based on the farrowing intentions and the normal increase in pigs per litter, um, really it would only lead me to conclude a 1% increase in slaughter in the, in the fourth quarter and the same into the first quarter of uh, of uh, 2020. Now, as Steve pointed out, there's some a little, there perhaps could be some skepticism with regard to that last farrowing intention. But again, just using it, for, giving it for what it is, uh, I'm looking only for, like I say, a 1% increase in slaughter in Q1 2020. So again, 2%, 2% in the next two quarters, and then one and one uh, after that in the fourth quarter and. Uh, in, this, in the first quarter of uh, 2020. But again, these are increases on top of huge, huge numbers, and, uh, and that's really what the reality of it is, is a lot of pork. Thanks, Kevin. We'll move now to John Nalivka. John is the president of Sterling Marketing in Vail, Oregon. John, your thoughts? Uh, thank you, Cindy. Yeah, I, I didn't, as with everybody else, of my, you know, my expectations of the report, you know, fell, and we, we all fell in line with, with where the report was. So, you know, not much change on... As far as my uh, as far as my slaughter projections going forward, I think one thing that 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 I did note, and that, you know, we are we continue to we continue to have plenty of hogs. There's no doubt about that. But I think the uh, I think we see with the losses that were incurred in the on the production part of this business going into the, into the from last through the second half of last year and into the first quarter of this year. That you know certainly there's been some you know slowing down of that of that expansion pace and uh, you know of course as we as we continue to to uh, take note too you can you can hold your you know your your you know your 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 breeding herd steady and your and your 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 sows steady but at the same time you continue to you know we continue to see that in, that production efficiency and that increased pace of uh, that on that farrowing rate so we continue to have a, you know these larger pig crops so it fills that it fills that gap going into this into this you know increasing capacity packer capacity but uh, yeah you know when you're losing 
when you know, you know producers were losing you know anywhere from fifteen to twenty five dollars a head as we came into the year and 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 last week being the first week when at least based on my estimates we saw a positive a positive number on the producer margin at the same time i i do i do think there's a tendency when we see this this price jump and this sharp increase in these prices here over the last couple of weeks that you know you know there's a tendency to say well more of the same because the you know the, the demand the chinese you know or export demand to china is going to is certainly going to jump sharply and but at the same time when i when if, if i if you take today's prices and put with the into a packer margin you'd have a it doesn't look very good and so i tend to match you know work the two together the both the producer and the packer margin and and as as a good economist you know we forecast towards equilibrium and we know that's not the world but at the same time from a, from a forecasting standpoint you kind of you kind of go to that goal so anyway i think there's just not a lot of i don't have much change in anything i'm I'm projecting forward. Other than I, you know, I have brought, I have increased my prices both on the on the cutout side and the and the uh, and the lean carcass side, lean carcass value. So that's about all I have. Thank you, John. We'll move now to Kevin Boss. Kevin is the president of Procurement Strategies in Elgin, Illinois, for his thoughts on today's report. Kevin. Hi. Um, as far as this report goes, I was looking for some some evidence that um, the pace of expansion was changing, either increasing or decreasing. John mentioned that the hog producer margins have really been kind of lousy, really, for about the last six months or so. Uh, I didn't get any evidence. We do have a bigger hog supply and a bigger pork supply coming. And when I apply, the, first of all, the I noticed that the decline in the breeding herd or the uh, pigs per litter from fall to winter, which is seasonally normal, it was smaller. That decline was smaller, uh, considerably smaller this time around than it was the last three years. And without making any bold assumptions about carcass weights, I've got pork production running pretty much 3 to 4% above a year earlier, just about as far out as I can see. So that increase in pork production is going to be bigger than you would than would be suggested just by the market hog inventories and the farrowing intentions alone. Thank you for listening to this edition of Pork Pod. For more information on this topic or the pork checkoff itself, visit pork.org.